Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me Because you had the most exciting week. Welcome to Quality Time. We're here. Started a little late. Thank you, my my co-host, for allowing me uh, uh, this afternoon. A little late recording. I'm excited overall. Excited to be here. Excited to be back and reunited fully. Because a couple hours ago, I wasn't sure this was even going to happen. Because our sweet co-host, Jeremy Woodworth was hospitalized um this week jeremy uh, in your best words what the hell happened to you this week uh well i'll i'll cut no i'll i'll save it till the last um the best part of the week uh-huh um at least i'll cut some of the chase i'm just gonna call up jeffrey that he'll he'll cue us in on the most important part of the week you think jeffrey has uh insight into this he did leave us a special message i suppose we could go and check that out real quick here give me just two shakes i did forget about the special jeffrey message but jeremy you had to you did have to go to the hospital this week which is it it's a scary thing you know and we're happy that you're more than anything back at this point huh yeah, but uh, let me see if I can just play it for my f- hone here. Let's see if I can p-hone. give you a little bit of this real quick here. So this is a real message, hundred percent real, from uh, Uncle it Jeffrey. Why would it not be real? Hey, hey, cheer! Hey, hey, it's your, <coughs> hey, it's your Uncle Jeffrey. Hey, hey, listen, I, I heard you were in the hospital, um, but, you know, I don't know if you're if you're out or not yet, but, hey, do you ever, do you ever get around to, 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 to scrapping that, that bike that I had, that old bike? <laughs> if you didn't, you know, and it's, it's totally fine. Um, you know, I was thinking maybe we could, you know, <laughs> I was thinking maybe we could retro-outfit it into, like, a submarine and, and maybe go look for those people that, uh, that they went missing. Um, you know, I got an old Jackson Brown album that we can put in the CD player if we make one. And, uh, make the CD player. And, you know, I think they're probably still alive. You know, hey, you think, Jerry, you think maybe that, uh, that, that Julian Sands is down there with them? Hey, what? Jerry, hey, what, the hey, warlock? Hey, it's your Uncle Jeffrey. I hope you feel better. Okay, there's a Julian Sands reference, everything. Man, Uncle Jeff really hit all tears this week. Very, very timely. 
Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Um, Let's talk about the most important part of the week. Okay. Where I... I really just held up my most discipline in my mind and they thought it was funny at work to take a hand truck and slam it on the floor over the hand truck incident of 2023 and over it. Finally, I was just a little bit drowsy after the fourth or fifth time was slamming the hand truck near me that I literally lost it and started screaming at my, uh, my top lungs saying, you fucking assholes. What the fuck? I can fucking hear you now. I'm awake now. What the fuck? Screaming. I'm pretty sure there was maybe somebody that wasn't in the warehouse that couldn't hear me. Well, that's good. If they were deaf. Did did, did that make later? They thought it was a good, funny, funny joke. (laughs) Sure. Some of them were thinking, oh, we might die. So either way, I calmed down and I didn't throw anything or try to hurt somebody. Well, that's good. I like it when you don't physically harm people, Jeremy. I think it was great and I love having a job and not trying to kill somebody. So Well, well that's good. Um now um this is the, the most exciting part of the, the week. I guess I guess I also didn't introduce I, by the way, I'm Eric Woodworth. I'm joined by the lovely and talented Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm terrified, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley is on edge after Jeremy has already had a meltdown within the first five minutes of the episode. Uh, and also my blood and my Very brother. Very true to life. Jeremy. So. I, li- I like the idea that every time Jeremy has a medical emergency, your body is just like that game of operation. Where you're like, don't, don't do anything to set him off. <laughs> yeah. that, that side. It's not the funny bone. It's the funny bone of death. <laughs> so I, I, Jeremy, you messaged me uh, on Saturday and let me know that you were going to the hospital because you had a hundred and two degree fever, and almost one hundred and three, almost one hundred and three, almost. Uh, that is that that's five degrees hotter than the the hit group from the nineties, ninety eight degrees, and I, you, mm, Jeremy I is our Jeremy is our Nick Leggett. Hey. Now, <laughs> I don't know how it is, who that is, but it's funny. <laughs> He's married to Jessica Simpson. Not now, anymore. <laughs> oh, not anymore. Good for her. They've um, been divorced for years. Eric, please. Okay. Okay. And uh, uh, so, Jeremy, you called me up and you said you had an infection in your hand, and then um, that you were taking some penicillin. And now you're you're showing a fever, so you're having a bad reaction, I guess, to the penicillin, uh, which is very similar. Hey, in our history, uh, very recently, I also had to take a round of amoxicillin, got super sick, had to get steroids and all that jazz. Um, but the picture of your hand that you sent, uh, where it just looked—do you know, like in um, Rod, like in like a Looney Tunes cartoon where somebody's hand gets slammed in the door and it like pulses, giant and balloon-like? Your hand legit looked like a Mitchell entire. It's almost normal, like you've been bathing for like a day. Mm-hmm. 
and it's <laughs> it's kind of freakish. But uh, I ate. I had some. Um, what's that shit called? Pregnazone for today. Pregnant women. Yes. Yeah, I'm pregnant now, and You're I'm pregnant. a woman. <laughs> so, uh, I I'm not really a medical I- expert, mm-hmm. but I was in the what? ER. I was in the ER for menstruation, and uh, okay, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> So you're not a doctor, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Doctors don't menstruate. <laughs> hey, seamstresses menstruate. Yep, housewives do too. <laughs> yep. Good. Um, uh, no, but seriously, uh, I, I, um, they, they hooked me up with some steroids, and after three or four hours, and and saline, and and I haven't eaten. I didn't eat for two days in a row. I I I made sure I could keep as much water down as I could, and my 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 piss was really dark and yellow. Sorry, <laughs> dark, and yellow. dark and yellow. Dark and yellow piss is coming out of you. Is that dark and yellow? What am I talking about? I'm an idiot. That's my favorite Wiz Khalifa song. Dark and yellow, dark and yellow. Um, <laughs> but seriously, uh, after uh, my hands are, uh, were less painful after the, the steroids, and they took me, after 12 hours of uh, figuring me out and everything, like, oh, okay, it's... it's um, uh, uh, what do you call it? You said it. You said it. It's um. Uh, uh, You're allergic to amoxicillin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you it, both are now, right? Like, yeah. do you know if your mom has it or your other siblings? But there's there's also a, a, a thought that uh, it was a reaction to uh, COVID and being light sensitive. And I uh, interesting. Yes. I finally figured it out that I'm very light sensitive and uh it gets me bloated and um almost kills my skin well good i mean but overall you're on on the mend for the most part you've been sent home your your swelling is down they give you a cortisone shot uh which you refer referred to as uh brett Favre juice to your wife and uh, which i thought was a weird way a to call it now. I'm a wrestler. You're now you're a wrestler. Now you can and take my, back my, bumps. And my my face is 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 like a wrestler, even though I don't work out on my face. You're right. Your hand did look like cauliflower ear. <laughs> um, but I have two important stories. What? Yeah, your your wrestling name is Stone Cold Skin Austin. <laughs> oh, Eric! Eric is very very happy when my skin fell off on my feet. Like it was a giant flap. Yeah, it made me cut off. I was, I was like, and by the way, if you go to our merch store, you can get the Jeremy Footlight uh, made out of a whole layer of his skin. Um, it's very good. Um, Jeremy is like a. Hold on, I gotta get this right. It's a long walk. Okay, Jeremy is like a Kahomo dragon. <laughs> <laughs> If anybody wants to eat my uh, my skin um, flake, and we do, it, it, whew, man, it's a lot of skin. 
Uh, but now, <laughs> I, I, I try to make this a, a short one in the ER was the, uh, the, I don't know where in Howard County she was, but she was definitely an older white woman, probably in her sixties. Mm-hmm. And the, the story was last week she was in the ER. She was bitten by a groundhog. <laughs> and then of course she was back to the ER yesterday well I was just making sure that I couldn't see the from my back of my leg and hopefully she could cut the dressing off to see if my my bite was still good and hopefully I didn't get rabies because the my dogs were fighting with the groundhog bit me on my back of my leg (laughs) (laughs) okay white dress that I remember I was like, that's awesome. She's like, well, you know, the dogs were fighting. So, and the daughter was probably like 350 pounds. Oh, so. it's good. Oh, it's good my. you go to uh, the Beverly Hillbillies Emergency Center. That's, <laughs> I call it good wife material to me. <laughs> I go to the clinic right next to the Goodwill. That's usually where I get my fixings done. So, uh, I'll wait for your stories and then I can cut off and and i'll be done okay Okay. yeah because jeremy just got fresh out of the hospital fresh release still has the ink on his hand that says sane not insane so speaking (laughs) of uh i'm certified (laughs) like like homer simpson um speaking of uh uh, jackson of of insane people my other co-host um the one the only miss ashley Pony. ashley i had a jam-packed weekend with you show friday night you came to the show saturday night let's start over at genova's uh we had a wonderful uh sold out show now this is your first show that you're gonna be producing moving forward yeah or yes mm-hmm. also insane speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> these days i'm the more normal of you two let's be honest um no yeah it was it was good um yeah we had a sold out show got to see longtime fan that i've never met before chuck mellinger that was awesome it was nice to meet you chuck yeah i uh, did mention that for- chuck shout outs chuck by the way listener of the show uh i did mention that uh chuck's hairstyle looked like he just uh like he was a woman that just got the right to vote um in, in like the 19 like a flapper girl that's ready to flex her voting rights gonna put one in for fdr uh, <laughs> but yeah he is also a- some just like just like tina toner turner in into that uh woman's suffrage yes yeah. for sure um i don't know who said it but somebody also said he looked like a male kim ambrose and i chuckled really hard um <laughs> shout outs kim former host of the show uh who's yeah, definitely kim, not you gotta see this right dude's now. hair it's who's gonna well she likes me her. so maybe uh <laughs> i think kim likes me Sorry, what? All, kim likes kim, kim i don't likes know does she not i don't like know me? i keep trying to speak <laughs> no no eric you go first no, I just said, does Kim not like me? Because you, no. you inferred that she doesn't. I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whew. No, Eric, please tell me. No, Eric, tell me about your weekend. You've been very eager to talk. You talk. No, because uh, we had the we had the show, so uh, you, I thought you did fucking phenomenal. It was a sold out show, which is very exciting. And uh, you got up there, you crushed it. You did your leg squats and the fucking jokes. It was awesome. I had a great time, and uh, I can't give you enough accolades for that. Thank you. 
So yep. what's accolade? Huh? Is that Gatorade? Yes, it is a form of Gatorade, Jeremy. I'm a moron. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're my morons. It's fine. I'm I'm just I'm just being annoying. Go ahead. <laughs> you're not the only one. All right, Eric, your turn. No, the thing is, like, no, it was a great show overall. Bussy performed. I had I had a fun time. Um, we put bussy magnets all over the parking lot, um, and where the owner had to pull one off. He's like, this one was on our neighbor's one, and they keyed my car, so I took it off, <laughs> which was fun. Um, I mean, I didn't think it was going to affect me too much, so uh, it was, was should have been all right. Um, but no, it was uh, it was good and so uh, great show down there. So check it out. Do you do you have a future date for uh, Genoa's uh, yet? Genova's? Nope. Okay. Cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. And then uh, yeah, I don't know. I just had the wonderful Rough Edges Brewing last night. Rather low key, full crowd because I was uh, you know having a summer show. It's always scary because people have a choice of the entire outside rather than your comedy show. Um, because like, generally, I, I have found in my illustrious career, who made tens of dollars doing comedy, uh, that I found a, a summer show to be more difficult as far as getting people in the door. Uh, just because there's barbecues, there's fun stuff, and sometimes you just don't feel like going out. But it was a real shitty rainy week, and this show uh, was about as full as you could make it up there. Um, and uh, overall, I thought it went out without a, a hitch. You know, it, uh, we had a, a decent little show. Mike Stork fucking crushed at the end. Uh, I know, I know, he crushed because um, so me and Ashley are funny laughers. Truly, we have a funny, a very distinctive laugh. I probably slightly more. Mine gets called out, and I I realize that because I laugh very. I've I have a very distinctive laugh, um, but Ashley does too. And uh, I definitely have this video of me and Ashley laughing on two opposite ends of the bar, where it's like. <laughs> like this and it was and it was mike stork just crushing it so. um it was very similar laugh to what jeremy's sound just made that's how i like go like that. It's, that it's that french video and on youtube but overall it was it was a great weekend and uh and rather chill and we're happy that jeremy's back and we had uh good shows overall um a- anything else we need to go over before we hop into today's movie that's it yeah i mean rather uneventful week sorry we don't have the most interesting lives um actually some more time i think we cut her off she needs another minute or two no i've actually wanted it she let us know if she needs if she has something she'd give it to us i'm good but thank you jeremy for acknowledging me. <laughs> we acknowledge we acknowledge you tribal chief <laughs> i need to be a more caring man my, you actually did a good job. Thank you, Jeremy, for acknowledging that I was getting talked over. I appreciate it. My wife took me to the hospital, even though she be. I, I don't know. Well, Jeremy, didn't unfortunately wasn't it your anniversary? When yeah, right? we to the hospital together. <laughs> is, is that what you do for your twelve year anniversary? Is that the it's paper, it's metal, and then it's a hospital visit. It's called the Notebook uh, <laughs> Anniversary, where I tell you the story and then I die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that's good, Jeremy. That's good. Um, well, without further ado, we'll get into tonight's tale. Uh, this one was... This was a- Can I walk off camera naked? Yes, please show us your penis now, Jeremy, if you don't mind. Ashley, divert your eyes if you don't want to see this skin-riddled... Oh, my God. Why I'll you- turn it off. <laughs> Jeremy, you look like a human rancor. It's just... It's a lot to look at. Rancor, get <laughs> Good night, everybody. I love you. All right. I love you, too, Jeremy. You sweet love prince. Love you, you. Um, So uh, this week's tale uh, is the... Uh, 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 trying to find the year... I believe it's 1997. So I'll say that. Is uh, Fire Down Below, which is... As far as Steven Seagal movies go... This is the one that I personally remember where he really starts to lean into his Native American heritage that doesn't exist. And <laughs> and really, really just he only start he only wears tassels from this point of his life on. Um, and, and I do appreciate that. Um, it, it's also his biggest box office flop he's ever put out. Uh, it was so bad that Warner Brothers cut his three movie deal after this uh, <laughs> they would work together a subsequent time in the movie 2001's Exit Wounds which I believe had the great rapper DMX in it so uh, mm-hmm. R.I.P. DMX we still miss you to this day uh, um, he actually you did misspeak though he actually is Native American he's full Jeep Cherokee <laughs> got the same gas mileage <laughs> he does he's done i feel like steven zagal does smell like gasoline like if you get close to him like he just he's just like yeah it's called octane five it's what i put on my skin every day when i leave the house yeah and he then, does smell like diesel and jack link's turkey <laughs> but turkey. i this is <laughs> this is one of those movies where just I don't know how somebody with a like a millions of dollars is like he reads the script is like we're gonna make this fucking movie and we're gonna make it now, uh, <laughs> but it is uh, a federal agent who uncovers a lucrative toxic waste dump in in Appalachia and must deal with the locals who want to keep their gold mine a secret. Um, this movie is so ridiculous. I'm just going to hop in right away. And uh, right from the bat, you get to hear the mission that Steven Seagal is going to have to be on as you find out that his partner has been murdered. This whole thing started with an anonymous letter from a little coal town in Kentucky talking about fish acting weird, kids getting sick, that kind of thing. So Frank went in. He sent back soil and water samples that were off the charts from this little town Jackson. Frank found out the Hanner Coal Company was dumping thousands of barrels of deadly toxic waste in abandoned coal mines. Obviously there's something going on down there. Somebody's doing a good job of hiding it. Jesus Christ, Jack. You and your goddamn conspiracy theories. We're dealing with a bunch of tough nut hillbillies here that know their country better than we do. That's it. Jack, I want you to go in, find the dump, find the people who are putting it there, and bring me back a goddamn witness. You know, if we don't have a witness who'll testify, we got nothing. Phil, when was the last time I gave you nothing? My birthday. Um, so 
<laughs> that voice you heard in the uh, background was none other than uh, Richard Massar, who I, I remember very fondly as one of the characters from the TV series, uh, miniseries It, uh, who uh, he ends up, uh, his head ends up in the fridge and stuff like that. Very great character actor there. So he's, uh, he's off to his mission. Um, meanwhile, the whole intro... Steven Seagal, as this federal agent, he doesn't even drive into Appalachia. He's taking his personal Cessna one engine plane that he's flying in. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I'm a Fed eight. I work for the feds. I'm just a blue collar guy like the rest of you as I fly in my single engine plane into town. But not even blue collar, like not even just an average blue collar worker. He's a pastor, if I'm not mistaken, is his cover, correct? No, no, no. His pa- we'll get to his cover. His cover is not a pastor. He meets the pastor who is his friend. And his pa- the pastor okay. gives it. He doesn't even have an undercover idea when he goes in. I think that's very funny. He's like, how am I going to blend in and get these people to talk to me? And uh, <laughs> the pastor actually gives him the idea uh, to get some answers. Just go out there and fix some people's porches and stuff like that and become a helpful... So so he becomes the town fix-it slash carpenter man. And uh, mm-hmm. the local cops immediately take notice to his arrival. The deputy says, why don't we just let the boys scare him a little bit first? So uh, he uh, he also meets uh, the great character actor uh, from movies like Alien, as well as uh, his role on Big Love, Harry Dean Stanton, who's playing Cotton, who is a just like shy of being touched uh appalachian american uh uh he's at the local store we also meet hatch one of the quote-unquote boys who's gonna give him a hard time doesn't take kindly to old jack taggart uh which is steven seagal's character questioning him uh and uh luckily um there's some tension there right away he uh he then goes to go take a uh water sample and um like while he's taking this water sample there is a clearly like deliverance style like on the spectrum kid who's pissing in the stream about above him messing up the science of collecting stream water which is kind of fun he chases this kid down as he's trying to get these samples and uh runs into uh, a couple of ne'er-do-wells what the fuck are you doing here pretty boy i was just taking a little Sunday straw, I guess maybe it's not Sunday. You picked a fine time to take a walk in our marijuana field. It's tough, huh? This is tough. We're, we're deep in country here. Is it kind of like deliverance or something? <laughs> deliverance. <laughs> oh, I guess I should be kind of scared. You got a pretty mouth, boy. <laughs> 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 Then proceeds to beat the shit out of these guys. And watch him, boy. Don't let him do nothing wrong. He then just hands a Glock to a child <laughs> that was pissing <laughs> in the thing. <laughs> He's just like, sorry, I beat up your uncles that are here. Hey, keep this gun trained on him. This random child who also ruined his science experiment collection just a minute ago. He was like, you seem like a trustworthy, retarded child. Let me give you this gun right now because we're in Appalachia and I'm just a regular blue collar guy who's dressed in all leather with the top button buttoned and not hot at all. I just the entire thing right here. I could 
couldn't stop laughing at him giving a child a gun. Uh, well, the the only thing that I'll say is accurate in this movie at this point is the fact that they called him Pretty Boy because I get it. He's probably the best looking person in Appalachia. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll give him that. But, he, but blending in? So his idea is that he's supposed to be blending in with the local populace. He looks he, like a bloated Italian. Yes, he looks like he's trying to, like he's ready to tell you about uh, Scientology. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the get up that he has. I also have to say, being the boom operator on this movie must be miserable. Trying to mic him has to be a disaster. He whispers everything. Yeah, didn't you see that over there the other day? Was, uh, you know, I was... Uh, I was hunting down some people the other day, and uh, I seen that. Uh, <laughs> call me an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It it does. It is like that's why he has to fully button up because he's just covered with mics underneath there, so they can get good <laughs> local audio from him. Um, next, he heads to the uh, local church with his only friend that he's made thus far, uh, and the preacher introduces him as the new local carpenter, and he's quite literally dressed like somebody from the Spice Boys. Like, he's like a full Backstreet Boy in this. He has a colorful, like, Native American colored jacket that's still leather. Also dead heat of summer just cannot even unbutton the top one and refuses to look sweaty just oily uh he looks he looks like jim carrey in dumb and dumber when he shows up to the restaurant yes yes a hundred percent that's that's his fit he's just like i gotta go blend it with the locals maybe i'll wear this one right here and just i'm looking for a mary swanson i don't know Oh, hey, Mary, do you know if this has enough tassels on it for me to be a mountain man? <laughs> so uh, he uh, he gets a threat from the sheriffs and lets them know. He's like, hey, I just want you to know I'm watching you. Uh, he then also meets uh, Sarah Kellogg, played by Marge Hellenberger, who uh, most recently has been on a recent episode that we've covered, Species 2. Uh, she was the scientist in that. Uh, her third appearance on the show, if we're keeping track between Species 1, 2, and this, and uh, they try real hard to create some sexual tension between the two of them, and uh, it's the kind of sexual tension you could cut with the diamond edge of a steam-powered blade. Um, and It's like what <laughs> you constantly pick up between me and Eric. No sexual all tension. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, Ashley. Um, she then, uh, you then find out she has a town secret uh, that uh, her father uh, was mysteriously murdered and they believe her to be the one that burned him down in the house. Which I won't give anything away because I want to be chronological in this, but can I say the big reveal about that later in the movie? <laughs> Top tier. Yeah, oh, we'll get there. We get. There's an I know, because I made notes sure. before I knew how this movie ended, and I was like, please let it be blank. And then when it was, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he butters up Cotton, uh, played by Harry Dean Stanton, and uh, Mike, he said, I'd like to fix your house up a little bit, because uh, he wants, and not because he wants to live there, because he wants to move. Uh, it was like, he has bigger and better plans, and you know goddamn well he doesn't. And uh, so uh, he then tries to go fix uh, uh, Sweet uh, Sarah's steps, but she's a, she's a bee tender. She does, she does bee stuff and collects honey. I guess I don't know. What, I mean, a she's farmer? a beekeeper. Beekeeper. We'll go with that. Yeah, I think that's you know the correct you know, way to say it. 
you know, Eric, I'm also a beekeeper because yeah. I be keeping your nuts. Never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Keep going. We're listening. <laughs> I, I forgot that that doesn't work when you have labia. <laughs> what I want to say. Was I be keeping nuts? No, no. <laughs> just I, it was there. Just say you have balls. Uh. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm a lady. Hey, look, Jeremy's not here. One of us had to screw up the jokes today. I guess. Mm, thank you. <laughs> um, so he tries to fix her steps but she declines because she is a, a lady of the mountains and i just don't talk to some greasy italian that just shows up here and uh yeah because they're super racist up there <laughs> yeah yeah so uh next he's uh he's sleep all right this part really does trip me out i i i love how steven seagal can never be shown as vulnerable like so like <laughs> the boys come and they're ready like time to go mess with old jack taggart and they put some rattlers or some fucking poisonous steaks in his room and he hears it but do you know what he's doing he's not he's sleeping on a bed and he's not using a blanket he's just covered in local maps because he's trying to learn the terrain and also just fully dressed and his hair is perfect he's like oh shit i just woke (laughs) all he is is just in constant wait for action uh so he wakes up and then he grabs the snakes and then gently just lets them out of the house he's like i know what you guys want like that just like uh, no you guys don't scare me i'm part of i'm part of the land and just lets these people it is everything about this movie is absolutely bananas there's not a part of this movie that logically has any sense in any way shape or form but yeah i do feel like he is the poster child for every doomsday prepper it's like always gus day alert and it's funny but here's a weird thing though he gives off the vibe of someone who's very anti-government and yet Mm -hmm. he's always playing a government official yeah i'm very confused by this combination the only way i can fix the government is by being in the government and doing everything they want (laughs) so uh uh, he does meet, uh, he does embarrass Orin Jr., uh, uh, but he tells the sheriff that he should call his dad before he acts. Because Orin Jr. is, uh, is uh, uh, the son of Chris Christopherson, Orin Sr. in this movie. And he's basically watching the town while his dad is off gallivanting, making bigger deals. But his main business is hiding toxic waste in the Appalachian Hills. So uh, he... Uh, uh, Next is this grocery store scene. Uh, she can't afford to, afford to buy all of her groceries. Of course, Steven's Gall picks up the fucking bill and also buys all of her locally produced honey and then puts it in the back. I also think it's funny, like, he just got here in a Cessna plane, so he didn't drive. And then he somehow doesn't get a rental vehicle. He gets, like, a 1920s-style Ford. He's just like, that's also pl- painted like how a like a bowling shirt. Like, it's a two-tone, like, black here, red on yeah. the side. He's just like, yeah, this is just what I wanted to buy to keep low-key in this hillbilly town is this fucking souped-up hot rod truck from the 1920s, which is just... <laughs> It's just every choice he makes to like stay low key is the opposite of that, um, which I can't get enough of. Uh, but of course, he uh, he goes to. Uh, somehow the classic souped up truck he picks her up in and takes her home, uh, where we hear this here. What's this uh, smoke over here in the mountains? 
Oh, that coal's been burning that mountain for 12 and a half years now. Does that ever concern anybody that the uh, earth's on fire on the ground? <laughs> well, no matter how strange something is, you give enough time and it becomes normal, I guess. I won't ask you any more questions. Come on in. Do you think that you think the hellfire that's spewing up for your mountains might be causing people to get, you know, lesions so you look like a Jeremy Woodworth right here? Uh, is that could that be a problem that's you happening? Know, this, this movie also could have been called Dante's Widow Peak. <laughs> <laughs> that hairline is bananas. <laughs> so uh she uh she gets picked up and uh sees that he did buy all the honey in there and then goes, "You know what?" As a man who bought all of my honey that nobody else wanted to buy, you are you now have been allowed to fix my steps. And uh, I, sorry, I can't wait to like a man that actually cares about me does the same thing for me in comedy. Where like I can't sell out a show, and he's like, I bought all these tickets up, and I'm the only one in the audience. <laughs> actually, sounds like a really bad show. <laughs> like like. I mean, as far as comedy goes, I wouldn't want that. Do you remember when Ja, when Fifty Cent did that to Ja Rule and bought yeah, up the that, first five no, no, rows? No. Like, but that was to be shitty. I'm saying your show won't sell out. So instead of your show being canceled, your man buys up all of your tickets so it sells out. Ah, I cares I, about you. But then you just have to have a date. Yuck. Um, <laughs> just like we we can't. We have fun. Um, so he. Uh, by the way, Ashley, one of your shows not selling out after last weekend. I don't think that's ever going to be a problem you'll have again. So um, he then uh, goes into town and goes full macho man with his mountain get up. Like he's just fully tasseled out. He's like, Fine, time, time to spread my wings now that I'm getting used to this place. Uh, but the townsfolk want him gone you know a lot of folks don't appreciate a fella like you coming up here sticking her nose in places that don't belong you need to be careful about slinking around here so much like would think you're an animal that's you now you understand what he's saying don't you somebody's gonna get hurt sure enough you mean someone might get hurt you could be an english teacher probably except you don't understand plain english do you <laughs> get out Get out. That's pretty plain English. Get out. Believe it or not, a bunch of people up here in Appalachia who like me. They'd like me to stick around, and I've decided I'm going to stick around for a while. I've also decided that if you don't like it, that's tough shit. I got your tough shit right here. Oh, and of course, there's a fight scene that breaks out that uh, Steven Seagal quickly subdues them uh, with no problem at all. He's like, you won't talk about English? I'll show you English. Pow, pow, pow. And then it's a keto throws left and right. These are some of the worst fight scenes I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> not good. It literally is just like, there's some moves where he's just like, oops, tripped your leg. He's like running to attack him, but like in an adjacent angle that doesn't make sense. Like, can, I, really can I also bad. say, sorry, if you don't mind i want to backtrack it's just a couple times real quick mm -hmm. the like small stuff but just stuck out to me so i i love at one point i think it's already happened that he meets that young boy who's sick right that's how mm -hmm. he starts to realize that people are getting sick he visits this little boy in bed but did you notice the kid is laying in bed with his boots on yeah i'm just laying and, in i leave my shoes on in my in my bed i drag I, it in here i immediately was like you deserve to be sick if you lay in bed with your shoes on like that kid <laughs> deserves to die like that's 
you can't take care of yourself you're you're super gross but there was also a scene i think we've already passed which again just continues to like make me angry and not understand a single concept in this movie they're also dancing at one point on a fucking quilt yes (laughs) these people have no respect for anything they deserve to get radiation poisoning is all i'm saying yeah not even people with aids would disrespect a quilt like that um and (laughs) well mm, they probably might just bleed on it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh the boys aren't sure what to do. Orin Jr. has his hands full, but old daddy Orin Sr., played by Chris Christopherson, knows what to do. And uh, and uh, he has uh, after he has that conflict with the bad guys, he uh, decides that he's got to call in a professional. So uh, next day he then uh, fixes her steps, and uh, she sees it. And I like that he finally, like, oh, I'm working now. I will unbutton a single button for my thing to show that I'm blue collar here. He never gets dirty in this movie at all, but he is a, a, a master carpenter, which is very funny to me. Um, <laughs> next scene, she's pouring tea, and uh, she uh, and he's like, like he she comes out to like go check on him, like, oh, the steps are all done, and he's fully buttoned up again in his full black leathers again, like like a shaman. He's just like, your steps are fixed now, and I'm I'm just chilling. I don't need a shower. I'm I'm fully clean already. And uh, she offers him uh, some supper later, and he doesn't oblige. Meantime, he goes and leaves there and goes to check the micro fish and uh, looks. I just wrote this note. Looks so dumb at the public library, like. Like he, he doesn't say. I don't think there's anything funnier than Steven Seagal looking at microfiche with his eyes squinted. Like I'm really learning right now. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning things right now. He does look like he has a touch of Down syndrome. It's more than a touch. It's more than a touch. Um, so uh, next he uh, he goes to get info from Cotton Harry Dean Stanton and uh, about uh, the about the dumbing dead fish and stuff like that. So he learned some things from him that there's clearly uh, some fucking fuckery uh, spilling into the waters here. Uh, Orrin Sr. then tells uh, Junior that Jack is a federal agent and tells him to fucking handle it before he has to. So the boys go to visit Cotton and strongarm him. Um, Next, he goes to supper with Sarah, during which Earl... Uh, who uh, is her brother. And Earl is played by Stephen Lang. Uh, you probably know him from a former episode because he's uh, he's like the main bad guy uh, in Don't Breathe. Uh, and he looks young here, which is, it's kind of unsettling. I've never seen him as a young man. And uh, even as a young man, you could see that he has an old face already, which is kind of weird. Um, I don't know how else to explain that. But uh, we, uh, we hear that he doesn't necessarily like Steven Seagal Hanging around his sweet sister. It's just that, I don't know, maybe I just don't get such a good feeling about this guy. Yeah, you get a bad thing about him when he looks at me. Okay, let me put it this way. I don't want this guy around here fixing anything. Oh, really? Not a few hours. 
hell. He wouldn't have he better not. He better not be fixing stuff around here. I'll tell you that. I'm the fixer around here. Your brother that shows up occasionally to let these steps go to shit for the last six or seven years, okay? I was going to do that next week, and you fucked that up. And, uh... So uh, I call I call bullshit a family member that helps you with anything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ashley. Um, so next, Jack finds that uh, Cotton, his sweet friend, is all beat up and rushes him to the hospital. And we found out this. Not a few hours. Hell, he wouldn't have made it. He got a concussion. Another fine day in paradise. <laughs> that whole interaction. Okay, so. <laughs> He almost died from a concussion, number one, which is a very, like, and not like a brain bleed, like an aneurysm is one thing, but that's, he just had what Troy Palabalu gets on a first down, right? Like, it's a wild <laughs> statement that you just said that he almost died. He got a concussion, all right? And by the way, the whole town is concussed. Like, they all walk around and are a bunch of mush mouths already. How is, is this going to affect his life in any way, shape, or form? Probably. Probably not. Uh, I, I do love that Eric and I are pretending that like the people in this town aren't our demographic of fans. No, they love us. We're huge in in West Virginia in Kentucky. Uh, so while he then goes and pleads with the town folk, he goes, "Y'all know what's going on out here." But outside, the cops are waiting for Steven Seagal, and uh, the local sheriff's ready to arrest him. And is what is the most ridiculous uh, piece of dialogue in this movie? I think is this right here, where he's talking as a federal agent to the other police officers here. And I hear that Cotton is beat almost to death. People get hurt, and you're always around. Assault and battery. I figure it's good for a 10-day lockup. Listen, why don't we cut this shit? You know who I am. I can arrest you just as easy as you can arrest me. And you know it. So, why don't you get back in Oren's car with Oren's little department? Take off. I like it. He's like, I see what we have here. It's an old-fashioned arrest-off. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, I love that it's like reverse Uno of the law. Actually, I'll arrest you, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it's, so it, it's the it's the Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. <laughs> no, you're arrested. No, you're arrested. I'm above the law. You're above the law. Um, let's listen to a little bit more of this fucking ridiculous clip here. Let's face it, I don't believe in your authority. Maybe you'll believe a gun up your butt. Cuffing. Of course he makes short route. How you want to do this? So You want to play this game all the way? Hold on, let me pause it real quick. He beats up all of the cops real quick and then takes one of the cops' gun and now has it in the cop's mouth while he's saying the rest of these lines, like holding his head and like, don't make me fucking blow this cop's head off in the middle of your streets right now. Which I actually didn't hate that part. <laughs> I mean, but it is ridiculous that he's it's, doing it. It's ridiculous, that. but it's kind of fun. It I is mean, kind of more, fun. It's more shockingly violent than you actually get to see the whole movie. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? No, you're right. You're right on that. But uh, this this little piece of dialogue, I feel like Steven Seagal was just like, I don't think he should say this. What if he said this instead? I'll have 300 agents come up here into this little hick town and crawl up every orifice you got. When it's over, you can go to your favorite proctologist and get a nice soothing ointment. <laughs> rub it on the hole that hurts most. How do you want it? How do you want it? 
rub it, rub it on the hole that hurts most. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> rub it on the hole that hurts most. Oh man. Steven Seagal, man, he knows how to fucking deliver a one-liner right there. Uh, next, uh, he comes clean with Sarah that he is a, indeed a federal agent and uh, says he's sorry he lied to her, but uh, he still, I still dig you. Uh, I'll definitely be back, I promise. I like your bees and I like your honey. Uh, Oren, of course, is pissed that he can't dump toxic waste this week. It's really fucking up his business plan of polluting the world. Uh, so he calls in uh, some help, uh, and the help will be in the form of a Mack truck that is coming Steven Seagal's way very soon. Um, the townsfolk, though, are starting to rally around Jack because this simple mountain man is really really making ties to the community um the kids start leaving him drawings on his thing he's like i drew this for you mr jack this is me and you're fully buttoned up shirt and it's us hanging out right here um and uh sarah agrees to bring him his, her daddy's map so they can find out where it could possibly uh be uh the toxic waste being hid uh He's attacked then shortly after that by a Mack truck in a ridiculous car chase scene uh, where he eventually gets to a ravine where he's about to get rammed off, gets fully out of the truck and stands in front of the truck like, you can't hit me like this. And then just <laughs> just dives out of the way at the last minute. And the guy's like, oh my God, there's a cliff here. And just fucking completely wipes out. It's <laughs> I didn't know like he went to... Like the federal agent school for roadrunners uh, to figure <laughs> out this trick, but it it somehow worked. Uh, but another ridiculous part. Um, don't worry. Uh, there's more ridiculous to come. Um, the townsfolk, though, uh, now he goes to church to give a full Braveheart-style speech in front of the townsfolk. Um, he says, don't sell out your future. And uh, this finally rallies everybody. And the preacher heard the words after he just interrupted a sermon uh, to come out and tell Stephen Seagal this. Jack, I know what's going on with all these barrels. And that's a problem. All these problems seem so big, it's hard to find your way around them. That's why I wanted to keep a church. I thought I could make a difference. I realized church can't help nobody after they're all dead. So I'm gonna make a change. I didn't hear And by God, I swear, if you'll drag their sorry ass to court, I'll testify against every last one of them. So now he finally has is one person that'll testify against the big polluters here. And, uh, uh, you know, when you find somebody that'll testify for you, the next thing you're going to do is go to the goddamn town hootenanny. Because, you know, you gotta let, you gotta let loose a little bit. And I love that, um, in case you guys didn't know, Steven Seagal, decorated musician, um, has multiple albums that you can find on YouTube. <laughs> he clearly writes himself into this scene where there's a whole band playing. He's just like, oh, there just happens to be another guitar here. I mean, if you guys insist as townsfolk, as the weirdest person in town, that I also have to play guitar, I guess I will. And, uh, of course, he could play full-on fucking blues guitar with everybody, and they're just having a great time. And I I do love 
that the close-up on his fingers on the guitar are as if he's doing some really amazing finger work on this Mm -hmm. fretboard and i'm like this is this is bad this is really really bad i don't know why we felt that this scene needed to be added into this movie yeah, it, it it's not needed. It's a hundred percent for Steven Seagal's ego. He's like, it'd be cool if I was a. Uh, I was like, I I feel like he read the initial script because originally, uh, one thing I read about this is that it's um, this movie was actually like Bruce Willis was uh, being courted to actually be like the main character in this movie, and it was supposed to be more of actually like a mystery that was supposed to unfold as opposed to an action movie, and uh, I feel like Steven Seagal saw this and he was just like. I mean, I really like that he's a federal agent. Um, do you mind if he can fly a Cessna and also <laughs> be a carpenter, but also play the guitar, but also <laughs> no karate? Like, do you mind if I add all these things into it? <laughs> I, I think I would have liked it more if, like, Steven Seagal was the bad guy and he was being pursued by Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, hell yeah. The fatuative. Um So, <laughs> so... uh Orrin Sr. finally comes into town to uh, the same dance and tries to level with Steven Seagal and offers him uh, to find out how much he costs to uh, continue uh, doing his criminal enterprise. Or how about if you took the uh, poison out of the air, out of the earth, out of the water that you've left up here? If you could do any of those, not only would I leave, but I'd be impressed. Think about my offer. Oh, I already have. You can't prove anything. You won't find anything. Life is short. It is very short. Do you want to spend another minute of yours here? I feel alive up here. (laughs) I was thinking I might even buy a house up here. Move in. And kiss my ass. (laughs) Okay, but like... I'm trying to understand this that like this land is being poisoned yeah i'm gonna it's buy a house a, i'm gonna move up here i feel alive up here and i'm like wait what this seems to be the opposite of everything that's that's happening are you sure your nose hairs just aren't being singed by the toxins in the air like i don't i gotta be honest with you i like how you're driving down the property value in this scooby-doo ghost <laughs> town that you're polluting this oh. is good Another Tommy Lee Jones movie. You could have called this a double chin Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, uh, just as they're dancing, though, after that, enjoying the rest of the town hoot nanny, uh, they can see that up on the hill, the church has been lit ablaze. They rush to the church and see that uh, the sweet preacher is maybe dead. We're not even sure, uh, but... Her brother Earl also shows up there and decides to come clean. Jay, I know the bastards who are behind this. I've got to tell you something. I've, I've taken money from these bastards. I've even helped them dump their shit into the ground. But this. How about Mr. Goodall? Is he in there? I don't know where Mr. Goodall is. I don't know yeah, nothing. I hope he's alive. I'll take you to that dump site. You know where Clearwater Road meets the mountain ridge? Yes, sir, I do. I'll meet you there, half hour from now. Why don't we just go together? Wouldn't that be better? No, sir. I don't want to be seen leaving here with you. Oh, don't want to be seen leaving this place with you. Can I just point out that he says, (laughs) he 
says, you know, the dumping into the earth and killing all these kids is bad, but man, when you burn down this empty church. <laughs> How dare you burn down this empty church with no children that, by the way, don't ruin our only industry, which is poisoning the land. <laughs> so Earl decides to meet him up there, ultimately. Uh- I would really love a plot twist, though, where, like, the ultimate villain behind all of this is St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and they're like, we need more sick kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as soon as you see John Cena showing up, you know your town (laughs) is filled with uh, toxic chemical waste because he's giving you your final wish. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. Eric, what are you talking about? No one would know he's there. They can't see him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So, uh... Shortly after this, uh, Earl calls Sarah a whore for sleeping with uh, Steven Seagal and uh, tells her that it's all set up for Jack because I'm going to go fuck him up real good and uh, locks her in the bathroom, which she, uh, spoiler alert, is not going to be able to get out of for the next 24 hours. Uh, She's just going to be stuck in the bathroom for a while. she uh he then also burns her honeybees up which is just a dick move like for no reason like you this is your sister why did you ruin her only form of income that she has on top of all that it's a it's a pretty shitty move so uh earl real piece of shit and uh he meets steven seagal um in the mines and they have little go-karts that go in the mines which i think are really cute like these really low level <laughs> go-karts they'll drive you into the mines uh when he finally feel realizes that earl is a bad guy and it's a setup uh we hear this here big reveal for the movie ashley uh this is <laughs> huge regarding the death of sarah's father and earl see my theory is when she was a little girl you were molesting her. I think your daddy found out about that and went to throw you a real bad beating one time and you killed him. And then you probably went to your little sister and said, little sister, this gun went off by accident and uh, I'm an adult. And if they convict me and I go to prison, you're gonna be left here all alone. So if you take the rap from me, you're a minor. I ain't gonna do nothing to you. So you convinced her to do that. And all these years I've run in town is convinced that she's sick and she's crazy and she killed her daddy when you really did it, didn't you? Ain't you slicker than possum shit? (laughs) He just goes, damn, exactly how it happened. (laughs) Which, by the way, nothing in this story has led you up to this reveal. There's not one thing where you're like, oh, she's... I didn't see any precursors to hearing that she was a a molest. Oh, I did. I did. Oh, okay. okay. I I saw this coming the whole movie because that's why I said early on I made a note that says, hmm, brother probably molested sister. (laughs) And we got there. And I was like, nailed it. Because... Because the brother is so creepy the whole movie with her. Like, the whole movie, he's overly involved in what she's doing, overly concerned with who she's seeing, very controlling. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, he's butt-fucking his sister this whole movie. And I was right. Because if there's one thing I can sniff out, it's a pedophile. It's a fucking perv. I'm Um, I'm a bloodhound for pedophiles. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, Do I smoke Capri Sun in your pants? (laughs) (laughs) Got Starburst. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, uh, if I could just take us back to the very beginning of the podcast that that your show uh, that we were all on 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 Friday night um, mm-hmm. when I made I made one joke about 
the table in front of us and how oh, he yes. met her when she was young and i was just in like oh school. that's i was just like oh that's weird you have a lot of awful lot of mike's hard lemonades and i heard one laugh and it was tommy simbazo from the furthest corner going <laughs> like this was like oh these this isn't a mike's hard lemonade crowd people haven't watched to catch a predator here <laughs> it was it was funny to me i enjoyed it so um Next, uh, uh, of course, Steven Seagal beats the living shit out of these people. Actually splashes toxic waste on one of them, which is just like glowing. Like Orin, uh, Earl gets just toxic waste on him. Uh, but it really just is like acts like just regular ass acid. He's like, oh, God, this is uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> and uh, the whole mine ends up getting blown up. Uh, and, but, but somehow Steven Seagal escapes just through a random hole in the side of the mine he's just like it was really easy to find this i don't know why everybody else just didn't escape this way from the flames and fire <laughs> um so uh he's able to get out and uh earl ends up getting rocks dropped on him and uh deaded up so uh jack then calls in some agents um uh, to help out with the situation because he's like i got somebody that's willing to testify and this girl's in trouble and uh this is another thing that makes zero sense in the movie. I mean, there's so many things that don't make sense, but these agents come in, okay? And they're like, okay, we just got to take this girl. And Steven Seagal's like, that's cool. Yeah, take the girl. And then as soon as they um, get her in the car, they speed off and they're just like, just kidding, we're evil. <laughs> like, and just He's like, oh, God, did I do something wrong? And it's like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Like, they could have just had her and taken her and just played it cool, but they're they were just like, hey, last second, just so you know, fuck you. And, and so they cause a chase scene where he has to beat him up and then uh, ends up shooting one through a diner wall while the other one's outside standing in gasoline. In the most ridiculous scene, he lights a fucking um, flare, throws it at him, but the guy catches it. And then he's just like, tell your boss I said something, something. And then, boom, shoots the top of it off. And then, before it can hit the ground, also shoots that. And he was just like, you can live. <laughs> it just, like, every part of it was not necessary. Every part... The part why it started wasn't necessary. The part why how it ended was unnecessary. Did you think the guy, like, without shooting the flare and risking just burning him up in a flame, wasn't? It was like, you know, if he didn't do that, I probably was just going to keep it cool and be like, yeah, we took the girl. No, he's going to tell for sure. But instead, it's just... <laughs> the stupidest fucking scene in a fucking movie i've ever seen um, this movie is actually based off of one of my favorite loretta lynn songs it's a uh, coal miner slaughter <laughs> coal miner slaughter <laughs> so uh uh they end up like shortly after this with all the evidence they've collected now uh they're able to bust orin uh, but uh they take him to court and orin only has to pay twenty five thousand dollars a mere slap on the wrist for a man who's making millions doing this uh so he's confronted outside of the hearing uh by the one and only steven seagal the epa they've never been very good at punishing criminals catching them helping the environment i'm gonna surprise for you I quit the EPA, and I quit the EPA so I could spend my every waking moment trying to make your life miserable. We played this one by your rules, and your court decided I was clean. You're violating my constitutional rights. Mr. Hanner, I promise you, as sure as you stand here now, I'm gonna show you a new meaning to 
the word violation. <laughs> A new meaning to the word violation. I'm going to write you two tickets instead of one. Um, it's just this very stupid line. Um, so he goes to go take out Owen Jr. first, and uh, he's going to he's like, I'm going to do the jobs the courts won't do. I quit the EPA. I'm a rogue agent now. And uh, he beats up all of his Hicks friends uh, while he uh, cries. And Steven, he gets um, he gets Orr Jr. to like cry at the end of it. And then uh, looks him dead in the eye. And we hear this. Now you can do that just because it's the only way to save your ass. Or you can do it because you know it's the right thing. I don't really give a shit. But you're going to do it. Yes, sir. She tells him, yes, sir. Yes, daddy. I'll testify against my own father. Don't worry. Um, so uh, he cries. Uh, the final scene is uh, in the casino here uh, where he busts into Oren's casino. And uh, you get a little cameo uncredited in here by the great Travis Tritt, uh, who is just playing <laughs> the evil casino here. He's just like, great weekend here in Kentucky. I'm a big uh, Travis Tritt. I'm out here. Um, I every time I see him, I've said this to Eric before. Every time I see Travis Tritt, he just looks like the poor man's AJ Styles. Like I just can't. <laughs> I can't unsee it. <laughs> I really don't want none. Um, so <laughs> so uh, he then goes to take down Orrin Senior, who's hidden behind a ridiculous retractable circular glass wall where he's playing his private poker game uh he does have a warrant and uh blows past security um clears the poker table where they're playing we're like orin looks like you got to deal with this see you later we're not bad guys and uh he uh tells orin that uh he's gonna get arrested arrested and likely he's going to jail for the next 30 years that's a long time to go without a woman you know i knew you were gonna say that i have a dear friend named tyrone and has promised me that uh, <laughs> when you hit prison, he's going to take you under his wing and teach you the most intimate social graces of prison. And you're going to be in good hands, so you won't have to worry about that. <laughs> well, that takes care of the woman thing. <laughs> but you're talking to a 60-year-old man. It still means I'd probably die in prison. I wish to God I had of. Unless you live to be a very, very old man. So I guess uh, that makes killing you free. Well, it would be free if you could. And of course, he pulls out a gun, but uh, he's able to take down Oren by simply wounding him in the arm. And as he looks down on him, you hear this. I'm still alive, asshole. I know you're alive, Oren. Now, that could be because I'm a bad shot. Or it could be that I'm a good shot and I just wanted you to meet Tyrone. <laughs> I'll let you think about that. I'll let you Fuck think about that. I'll let you think about that. See you around, buddy. And he also just leaves. He doesn't actually arrest him. He's like, I'll let the other agents handle the rest of this. I got better things to do. I'm going to go play the slots. Um, <laughs> so ridiculous ending to this movie, no doubt. Um, Jack then goes back to go get his country girl, Sarah. They're in love. He buys her new beehive boxes. She's happy. And it ends with the one and only, the great Harry Dean Santon, actually singing and playing some bluegrass here. Um, as I said a year ago, 
And that brings us to an end. A fire down below. Ashley, your final thoughts on fire down below. Uh, fire down below is what I call a really bad UTI. <laughs> uh, fire down below is what I call when I wash with shampoo instead of regular thing and it gets in my pee hole. Um, boy, does that burn and sting. Not a good feeling. Um, don't get shampoo in your dick hole, boys. <laughs> You'll regret it. Uh, I uh, personally, uh, I just, listen, is this a great movie? By no means. Is it a movie? Sure. Sure it is. Sure it is. Go check it out if you'd like to see a chubby Steven Seagal not fit in and pretend to be a commoner. Uh, Well worth it. Uh, Two out of four stars. Um, Ashley, where can people find you at coming up? Uh, well, I finally finished my website. You can find me at ashleypontiuslaughs.com, and you can also find me on Instagram at ashleypontiuslaughs. You can see me in Shepherdstown, West Virginia on Wednesday, and then I will be at the Pretty Girls Joke Like This show in Pottsville on Friday. Hell yeah. And by the way, Ashley Pontius Laughs, I did check out your website. It's fucking really nice, so congratulations. It looks good. Send some traffic her way. Get some merch. Be a gore whore, you fucking plebs. Uh, you can catch all things air comedy at aircomedy.com. Book it shows constantly. Bussy will be back on the main stage soon. Uh, so check us out there. Um, Eric, take us out of here. Oh, my God. My girlfriend's Tyrone. Tyrone.